Welcome to the Creative Sober Podcast, where you will hear personal stories from sober creatives on what inspires their creative process and what works for them to stay sober. I am your host and sober creative, Missing May. I find myself growing from these stories as I deepen my own roots in recovery. I hope they help you too. In this episode, I speak with DJ Alicia Kelly about why she decided to get sober two years ago, discovering DJing after getting sober, what tools she uses to keep a clear path, and how she is using music to support the Black Lives Matter protests in her home city. Alicia Kelly. I'm really excited. Oh, terrific, terrific. Um, Well, we can start off with... uh, you know, sharing with uh, a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do. Okay. I'm a walking paradox, as I guess a lot of us are, but, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the question, how do you describe yourself? And just a lot of contradictory information. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> what I like and, and all this stuff, but, you know, that's what makes life fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recovery has been an interesting lifelong journey for me. With so many different things, whether it's you know food, mood altering substances, relationships, work, all of the above. Um, so when I think about it from that perspective, creative energy, creative projects, like that has always been a really safe outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, not usually during, but in hindsight, it seems like all of the other stuff messed up my creative processes, you know, they usually put barriers in that. Um, And specifically with music and DJing, I can't imagine staying focused or doing anything (laughs) related to making anything that sounds worthy of playing or dancing to um, if I was impaired. It just takes such, for me, such energy and focus and that in and of itself is a healthy high, you know, natural high. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can definitely relate relate to that. Um, there's a difference of my output when I was drinking versus what I'm doing now. Right. Um, so, you know, there's definitely forward movement with that. So, uh, when when did you decide to uh, get sober? From mood altering substances, like I said, like the food and relationships; those have been ongoing decades worth of work. Um, Sept, not September, St. Patrick's Day two years ago uh, is when I officially had my last like drink, drug, you know, um, mood altering substance. And, um, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but it was that moment that like, this is just not, this is not who I want to be. You know, there had been consequences that were huge wake up calls prior to that. But in that moment, it was just like, it's kind of a watershed. Like this is, I mean, if you don't get your shit together per se, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to have a chance. Yeah. Could you, could you uh, describe or share like what that moment was where you were, you know, considering that pivot and that fork in the road? Could you tell us a little bit what that was like? I had, of course, hosted a really rad party the night before. in my head, right? It was epic, the best, you know. Um, and it was a culmination of, you know, anything and everything that I thought was so fun. And uh, I don't know, saying it now is really ridiculous. But just waking that moment or waking the next morning and thinking like, 
this is not appropriate behavior for like a grown up, like especially mm. a grown up that wants to be spiritually connected, a grown up that wants to have like healthy relationships, like with self and others. Like this, you know, it was just, I don't know if you remember the old Bill W. movie where he has the moment of clarity in the hospital. Um, oh, yes. I, I know that movie very <laughs> it wasn't well. wasn't quite that, but it was just like, Alicia, like, now or never, you know? It's like, I, I'm going to have to just get real and start start this. And it's been rocky. Don't get me wrong. It's not been like, you know, I don't know that many people that do have perfect, you know, recovery from the get-go, but it's definitely been the right path for me. Wow. Wow. And and you touched on it. It, it has to, um, there's that spiritual connection that I, I feel like we all yearn or want or crave. And, yeah. you know, it's, that's a huge push there. I, you know, I, I like to call it the, the awakening that I got, you know, mm-hmm. the, the morning, the next day where like I needed to stop. Like it was, it was a sense of urgency that needed to happen now or never kind of thing. So <laughs> Alicia's party is over. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. time. Yeah. I call it uh, using, using all my drinking points. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That coupon's done. <laughs> Absolutely. Expired, non-renewable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One time only. <gasps> Awesome. Well, um, you mentioned uh, DJing. So uh, did you start DJing uh, in sobriety or were you drinking and then on the decks? Like what, what was that like? I was officially sober when I actually bought some equipment, started playing around and doing stuff, you know, um, actually learning some techniques, right? I mean, had you asked me, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, like, whatever I was a rad house DJ but (laughs) actually learning you know some beat counts and some techniques um has been in sobriety um and that it's been really helpful you know just kind of that monkey brain that's always going for me if I'm if I'm working on beat counts or if I'm working on technique then that's not as loud right then Mm -hmm. I can focus on the creativity so it's really been a helpful recovery tool for me wow that's um, that's amazing uh you decided to go into a life of sobriety, this opened up for you, this whole creative channel for you opened up and and you went for it and you're doing it now. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to minimize or make it sound like it was, you know, super smooth sailing. Like there are plenty come apart. Oh, sure. (laughs) And so many to come, I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, that, it, maybe just the spiritual piece that focus on self of like how weird I probably look or what people are going to think, you know, mm. if I'm specifically in the music, then that kind of gets quieter, you know, wow. I'm more in the trance. <laughs> That's very cool. What kind of music are you, what would we expect to hear when you're on the decks? I'm stuck in the nineties, man. I'm a little yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't know, call it what you will. That's just how it came up and <laughs> never moved past it. You know, yeah. I, I try to stay in the know with the young kids these days, you know, when they want stuff, but uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. That is so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Well, there, there, there is this environment 
that kind of surrounds the DJ when you're, you're pretty much like the party starter. You create like this energy of everyone having fun. And so people usually want to come up to you and say, here, here, have a drink or like, you know, this is on me on the house kind of thing. Like what, what do you do when those situations happen? Really good. Like, Southern girl, I'm always sweaty and hot anyway, so I always have like, you know, some some smart water, some Gatorade, I've got liquid and stuff near me, um, including like my fan and my whole setup, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it's just a couple of practical things. I make sure that I have stuff so it visually is clear, like I'm good. They don't have to know necessarily what's in there. I'm not being misleading, but um, also I prefer this sounds snarky, but it's like I'm on a stage. There's a little bit of a separation yeah. where people aren't necessarily just coming up all the time, um, you know, giving drinks or whatever. And there's just been times I'm just like, no, I'm good. I don't really have an issue with being assertive or saying like, no, thanks. I don't have to give my whole story. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's important to have the setup and like the, the plan, you know, when you're yeah. in that environment for sure. Um, so how do you, how do you stay in the sober zone when you're creating? Checking in with other people is critical. Mm. Um, you know, kind of goes back to, you know, if I'm getting into like focusing just on Alicia, then it's going to be a disaster, whether that's, you know, with some type of creative adventure only like, you know, you know, focusing on my opinion, not getting feedback, or if that's, you know, not talking to people about spiritual connections or spiritually connecting to a higher power. If if I do anything alone, it's usually disastrous. Um, You know, so that can be something as, you know, as much as like going online and and listening to a a podcast or someone's story, just to know that I'm not alone. I think Mm -hmm. it's really important. Yeah. What, what are some like indicators or I don't, sometimes it can be a trigger where you're like, Oh, I, I, I need to check in. Like I need to check in and get to that place where I want sobriety. Yeah. For me, I generally am a pretty positive person, but I can get really jaded and I can get negative mm-hmm. and pretty snarky um, <laughs> just about small and big things. So if I catch myself or people close to me can catch it or say something, um, just that my mood is not like secure. You know, if it's, if it's not on a a solid foundation, Mm. then I usually need to check in. Ideally before that happens, but um, if I start, you know, complaining and getting super negative, that's usually a sign that something restless is up. I'm not in that ebb and flow. I'm kind of resisting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's that's a great way to check in there. When you are in your music, um, what what does that process look like for you? So you're getting ready for a gig, you know your audience and getting all set up. What what does that process look like for you? It's amazing. It's yeah. You know, before doing DJ work, I've always said the concerts are when I feel most alive. Oh, I love um, live shows. Yes. It, it, you know, you either get it or you don't. It's trying to explain that to someone. And who knows, that may be part of the addictive thing. I don't know. But it's just so, it's just so amazing. I get so much of that 
it's more anxiety, I think, when I'm prepping, which is still kind of energy. But when I can see people are enjoying themselves and they're into it and dancing and people are happy. And, and again, I've checked ego, but thinking mm. that maybe I had a part of that, like that just, that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could, could you share a little bit about what you mean by ego? Like what is, what is ego for you? Well, you know, and again, this is not an original thought, but a lot of times people will say edging God out. And however, you know, God is defined for someone, um, higher power or what have you. Um, Again, if I get into thinking that I've done it all or I'm taking all the credit or that, you know, I'm, you know, big and bad and have created all of this, maybe I've done the work and the practice, but I just personally believe there's so much more in the mix that allows things to happen. Mm-hmm. And if I'm taking all of that credit, then my ego's in charge and I'm not leaving any room for gratitude or spirituality or other people, really. Yeah. Wow. That That's like a, I'm glad you touched on that because I, I can see that, um, you know, especially in the music industry, there tends to be a lot of ego, you know, mm-hmm. and on top of that, there's this pressure to give your best performance and you know, in, t- in ties with that, there's people pleasing that may come on board. And then, you know, uh, in, in a lot of cases, like creatives tend to be even uh, more a sensitive soul and sensitive spirit. And so that can overtake a person and create anxiety around it. And a lot so, of times we, you know, tend to use a vice like drugs and alcohol to be able to just get through that. Um, because there's a lot to deal with. And at the end of the day, you're just trying to create something amazing and beautiful and hopefully have your voice translate through that creation. So I, yeah, I just, I feel like ego has a lot to do with that too. So that's, and, you know, does, uh, pardon, I didn't mean to speak over no, you. Go for it. I, I want everyone to think I'm a badass. I mean, I want the whole party, the whole club, right. To think I'm so cool. But when I get in that place, I have to rein it back in, you know, or hopefully recognize it before I get there. Cause that's not what it's about, you know, and that's going to be short lived. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So what would your, what would your advice be or some helping words to someone, uh, a creative who's looking to go into sobriety or sober curious or someone who's trying to sustain a life of sobriety while creating? What's some advice or shares that you would give that person? Um, And their story may not look like mine, but I do think first things first, there has to be some level of, um, you know, some foundation or some safe level of sobriety, um, abstinence that's going on before someone can maybe jump into like a music scene. Um, Mm. You know, that's something that... I don't want to like uh, minimize that, but that may not be for everyone. I mean, that, that can be a really tricky <laughs> environment. As you mentioned, you know, if you're playing in a place where someone has, you know, a lot of drinks and that kind of stuff, um, things going on. Um, that may be for someone who has a little bit of sobriety under their belt. I don't know, check with a sponsor or check with a, a trusted person. Um, but I think having some go-to people that get it, that love you, even at your messiest, that you can be real with and that can help work on some of those basics first and then slowly start living that dream in a safe way. Um, you know, find some practical ways to make it happen. 
mm-hmm. whether it's taking a class or, you know, you know, buying a canvas to, you know, <laughs> to start an art project or something. Yeah. Those, uh, those baby steps and oh. to integrate it. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like when I started my sobriety path, I gave up music. Like I, I felt like I had to give it up. Like I had to make this very hard line choice to do it. And the second time around, I'm like, but music is a part of me and it's about owning all of the story. And why do I need to let go something that I really love in order to have this other life that I want to fall in love with, you know? And so it's, um, it can be, it can be challenging, but I realized that having those baby steps really helped. And even the creative sober and the podcast that we're doing um, is a creative outlet for me as well. So uh, I'm finding that that reincarnation of integrating creativity looks different when you have a clear head and it, feel, it feels so much better too. Yes. yes. And we need you. We need this. You know, our community needs this. I mean, that's, it's, it's the giving piece of it mm-hmm. you know, that helps us all sustain it. And I don't think I've mentioned, but humor is huge. I really like have the humor level of a seventh grade boy. Like I'm such an adolescent. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I'm completely irreverent and inappropriate. And that is just a tool for me. I mean. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's not for everyone and that's fine. But there's so many times through recovery and in life, like, People, you know, have been able to just like snort and laugh and, you know, snot with me when things look really shitty. And that's what got me through in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, humor is <laughs> humor is key for sure. I mean, <laughs> if anything, that that alchemizes the the power of the ego, right, too. So you got to be able to laugh at yourself and like... <laughs> The really, the really crappy things that have happened and that you were able to grow from. They're going to keep happening. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very true. (laughs) Well, I mean, what, what have you been doing uh, lately with your, your DJ, your DJ path? Well, recently, I'll give a shout out to Project Say Something Alabama. That's a, a grassroots social justice organization that we have here in the Shoals. Um, Very cool. We've been working many years um, to have a Confederate statue relocated from our in front of our courthouse uh, to a more appropriate place, the city cemetery. Um, so we've been doing daily protests, and so much of my uh, music stuff has just been DJing and playing some background music um, with protests and some community events. So it's not the same as like you know out dancing on the you know the club floor, um, but such a, a beautiful form of protest, such a powerful you know <laughs> one of the most original forms um, of people being able to express that and. You know, as an ally, I'm not, you know, front and center of this stuff, but it's just so beautiful to be able to at least, you know, have a little bit of a role uh, to support my brothers and sisters and, you know, be able to have some music there as well. Yeah, that's incredible, Alicia. Well, thank you. They're super family. I'm so grateful. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Where, Where can we find you or reach out to you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, Clover Girl, AK. Uh, 
DJ AK07 was what was available. Um, Alicia Kelly, I'm here in Florence. Um, I don't do a ton of advertising as far as, you know, the DJ gig thing, kind of an organic, you know, uh, people that need to find me will, um, but you're always, anyone's more than welcome to reach out to me on Instagram and move from there. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and um, your your journey is just really inspiring and incredible. Just how you found music and how you're incorporating it that into your, your sobriety and what all of that looks like. So thank you so much for sharing that in your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'm so excited to actually meet you and, you know, get to chat. Same here. I had a great conversation with Alicia about her journey. Having a spiritual connection has been the consistent message on the path of recovery. Spirit connects us all. Most importantly, it connects us back to ourselves. You can reach out and follow Alicia on Instagram at DJAK07. She would love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard, Please rate, subscribe, and leave us a review where you are listening to this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Creative Sober. Thank you for listening to The Creative Sober Podcast. I am your host, Missing May. Until next time, stay healthy and stay creative.